In the name of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. So last week, we established that the apostles were lay people. The church was founded and built by lay people. And on this day when we're having our annual meeting, I think it's important to remember that, that it is you who are the church. It is you who are the foundation of the church. It is you. Well, let's talk about authority. Let's talk about authority. If the apostles were lay people, What's with all these people with stoles on? What's with all these, these people that we give authority? The answer to that is complicated and longer than a 10 minute sermon. And this is annual meeting, so that means I spent this morning slashing out the best parts of my sermon so that we could get to the potluck as quickly as possible. But let's try. Jesus taught as one having authority and not as the scribes. Where does authority come from? Sometimes authority comes from knowledge and expertise and experience. An authority on a given subject is, is completely familiar with the state of the art or, or the state of the science. An authority on a subject has a deep understanding. They see how all the parts fit together. An authority can see how each individual brushstroke comes together to form a picture that in turn conjures emotions and ideas. An authority knows how individual cells form organisms which create populations which form communities that together are ecosystems. An authority knows a lot. Now knowledge puffs up, we know that. But usually, usually we listen to authority because we know that the, the authority knows more than we do. We know that, that the authority has proven, trust, proven trustworthy, making sense of things that we've not been able to make sense of ourselves. Our teachers are our authorities. And Jesus' teaching had that kind of, a, of authority. He didn't teach like the scribes did. He taught as one who really knew his stuff. He presented God and, and God's love not only as a list of, of commandments, but as a whole and complete picture. And indeed, Jesus himself was that whole and complete picture. Jesus was the teachings that he was sharing. Jesus was the word that he proclaimed. So sometimes authority comes from knowledge. But there are other kinds of authority. Sometimes authority comes not from knowledge, but from power. And that might be power that's given, that might be power that's taken. When, when we talk about the authorities or of authority figures, we're most often referencing those who have the power to enforce rules or, or to punish misdeeds. An authority figure can, can arrest or incarcerate or, or make us stand in the corner or as I had to do a, more than a few times, stand at the blackboard and write, I will not talk in class. <laughs> like knowledge, power can puff up, but not always. As the reading goes on, we find that Jesus 
had this kind of power-bearing authority too. He forced an unclean spirit to obey his will. And the people had already heard Jesus' authoritative teaching. But now seeing this new kind of authority, they're astounded all over again. Jesus and, and even the unclean spirit, they knew that all power and authority and wisdom has an ultimate source. A teacher is an authority because they have learned from and been tested by others who in their turn have learned from and been tested by others and, and by the world. And those in, in our justice system, for instance, are authorities because they've been given power by a society that, that treasures the rule of law and, and of decency and, and order. All power, all wisdom, all knowledge flows ultimately from God and from God's word. And that ultimate authority flows to each and every one of us from the throne to our baptism. By the indwelling of the Holy Spirit, that authority rests with the church, capital C, church, in the priesthood of all believers. And I'm going to say that again. Not the priesthood of each believer, but the priesthood of all Believers, the full body of Christ. Now we're starting to figure out a little bit about the stoles, the priesthood of all believers. But you know, it would be a serious pain in the neck to gather the whole church in heaven and on earth and squeeze them all in behind the altar. And it would be an even bigger pain to get them to all say the Eucharistic prayer in unison. And so the church focuses authority in its clergy. The church has a mission, a mission that it's called to work out and to be at all the time. We reach out to heal the world. We proclaim God's blessing and forgiveness. We invite and welcome the world in unity with God in Christ. We take and break and share the body and blood of Christ that feeds us. And the authority to do these things belongs not to each of us, but to all of us. And so to make it work, we create symbols to stand in the place not of God and not of Jesus, and not even as a, a prophet after Moses, but to stand in the place of all of us, those who have gone before, those who are here, those who will come after. We take as much as we can fit, of the church's collective knowledge. And we give that to a few authorities to use and to pass down so that that knowledge is continued. And we give them the power to keep us at our work, to prod us, to poke us, to force us, to, to hold us to that mission that we're called to. And God knows that, that knowledge and, and power can puff up, and that's why the church goes through all that trouble we talked about last week to choose us so carefully. The apostles chose and ordained deacons and gave them authority to reach out to others. And today, when Lori puts on her stole and she sends us out into the world and says, serve the poor, it's Lori's mouth that speaks, but it isn't Lori that we hear. Her voice echoes 
with Peter's authority and with Martha's authority and with your authority and with the 2,000 years of service in between. And when Bishop Akiyama puts on her mitre and takes up her crozier and gathers us as one people, she gathers us not as Diana, but with the voice of all the apostles' successors. And when I put on my stole and I stand to, to pronounce forgiveness or blessing over you or, or over the bread and wine, I hope, I pray, that you hear not Birch, but your own voice thundering along with the myriad of myriads who are God's one holy Catholic and apostolic church. The words come from the lips of Lori and Diana and Birch. The authority comes from prophets, apostles, and martyrs, and from you. Power and dominion and might and authority belong to God and to the Lamb, and they flow from the throne to the font of baptism into you, the church. You are a new teaching in the world, one with authority. Use it wisely and well. The stoles are ours. The authority is yours. Call the world to serve to serve the poor, to serve the oppressed. Because Lori is the deacon, but the diaconate is you. Call the world to unity. Because Diana is the bishop, but the episcopate is you. Pronounce God's blessing on all creation. Go out and tell the world that its sins are forgiven. Go out and offer yourself as Christ's body broken for the world because I'm the presbyter, but the priesthood belongs to you. We clergy are the symbols, each in our own way, an, an icon or a voice of the communion of saints, but the ministry and the teaching and the power and the authority are yours. Here is a new teaching, one with authority. Astound the world. Amen.